Hi Triber, we're back for the next season. Smart Girl Tribe has grown to become the UK's number one female empowerment organisation. We have an event series, a digital magazine, a membership platform and this podcast. What can you expect from us? Interviews from women all over the world who are driving change and pushing the needle forward. From actors to activists, to CEOs and conflict photographers, to the brains behind some of the world's largest corporations. When you're not tuned in every Wednesday at 6pm, then make sure you're chatting to fellow unapologetically ambitious women in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or sharing our ever so inspirational content on Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe. I love love and I love talking about feminine energy, which is exactly why this episode is all about Teal Elizabeth, an expert in both. Till is a relationship coach for boss babes, entrepreneurs, creatives and all around super successful women because we really can have it all. She is a powerhouse CEO and supports six-figure entrepreneurial women to become masters in their love life through feminine energy. We talk about the Carrie Bradshaw effect, if the one is a social construct, how to use your feminine energy in the bedroom and how to co-create a deeply soul-nourishing spiritual partnership as well as using feminine energy in your friendships, why some women will never support other women and what it looks like to be in your dream relationship. This is how you can develop an amazing relationship through using your feminine energy. Hi Till, thank you so much for joining us today. Can you just share your story with our Smart Girl Tribe audience, please? Yeah, absolutely, Scarlett. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's such a joy to be here. So my name is Teal Elizabeth, and I am a love and relationship coach, specifically for the powerhouse driven woman, much like many women, I'm sure, in your Smart Girl Tribe, um, really helping women to learn what it takes to relax into love. And I love this concept and I feel like this concept really vibrates in a really beautiful way for so many women, you know, especially because we as driven women, we are hustlers, we are go-getters, we, you know, set goals and we achieve them and we, we bring a lot of pride into that identity. But I've known from my own experience and from helping many women is that bringing that kind of go-getter hustler mentality into relationships tends to cause a lot of friction, a lot of backlash and a lot of just challenges in relationships and so teaching women what it takes to relax into love is really my mission and opening hearts into the world to help you know women step into that strength in their vulnerability to cultivate that self-love and that self-confidence and to really you know embody that beautiful feminine energy that we have from a place of strength why did you decide to become a relationship coach Yeah, it's funny because they always say that your mess is your message. And this is definitely me in the past. I, for a really long time, I struggled with relationships. And there was a period of over eight years where I was just in this pattern. I didn't even know I was in a pattern, but I was in this pattern. And I'm sure many of you listeners too, you may notice this, that you may be stuck in your own patterns, where I call it now the hook and fizzle, where I literally like hook men in with this allure of being this independent, badass woman But then a few months into dating me, they would just fizzle out or they would just dump me. And I could not figure out what I was doing wrong or why this kept happening. And like literally Scarlett, if they had like uh, an award for the resiliency of love, I would get first place because no matter how many times I got my heart broken, how serious I was, I was just so committed to finding love. But I just didn't realize I was doing it all the wrong way. Amazing. And let's get into finding the one. Do you think, Till, this is a social construct or does the one exist? Ooh, ooh, I love it. Diving deep into the goodies. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there is, there, no, I would say there is no one, but there are many ones that can really drop into that beautiful space of, you know, of partnership, of that twin flame kind of essence of really being able to be your equal and opposite and your reflection and that person that you can truly grow with for the long term. Um, But I don't think that it has to be just one person. Mm -hmm. And what is the most common self-limiting belief or thought you think, Till, that stops women from finding the one? Mm. Yes. 
it really is the, the crazy darn belief of I'm not enough, you know? And I think that this is especially a tricky one for all of us badass entrepreneurs and career women because we find so much of that validation of feeling enough in our career and in that identity that is a lot of very masculine energy, very leaning forward, going after things, you know, planning, strategizing, controlling. We find that as being a validation for feeling good enough and being recognized in that effort and that hard work. But when we approach that controlling, strategizing, planning, even if we don't mean to, even if we're not trying to like grab onto the relationship and drive it down to happily ever after, we can tend to really feel that we need that sort of validation and confirmation in relationships to make sure we're on the right track to success with that. And that kind of mindset, like I mentioned before, it's, it's really sabotaging for relationships because it doesn't bring in any space for men to come into the picture and actually be able to be on that journey with us. If we're in the driver's seat of the car, right? And we're like, get in the car, we're going to happily ever after. They are just like, well, where do I fit in? To the picture right and so much of men's identity is tied to being able to be the masculine presence if if we want to attract a masculine gender kind of role of a man right and that's what i'm really applying and, and implying around this is if we are heterosexual women wanting a masculine type of man but we're showing up with very masculine energy in the relationship it doesn't leave any room for our men to be men and that was the big, huge other mindset shift that I really had to go through was realizing I can be masculine. I can have that power and that presence and that drive in relation, or I'm sorry, in the career world. But I really need to be intentional about how I'm showing up in my relationships so that I create space for my man to step forward and for him to be able to feel like he gets to say, take my hand and let me take you down the road to happily ever after. And that's so true, Till, because you did knock this on the head, if you like. You did mention the fact that women really struggle with the idea that they're not enough, essentially. Where do you think that comes from? <laughs> that is a really good question. It is truly, I think, a rite of passage for every human being on this planet. It is almost this just this block that each one of us feels. And it doesn't matter what, where you were born or what environment you grew up in, every, almost every single person I've talked to and definitely every woman I've coached has had this lingering in their subconscious. So I think it is just really important to recognize how maybe this belief be affecting my life and the way I'm showing up and the presence I'm showing up with around men. Mm -hmm. And what are some maybe other beliefs women tend to hold on to when it comes to love? Mm, yeah, another big one. So there's this whole idea of masculine energy and not being too masculine in relationships, but then there's this concept of feminine energy, right? And this is a huge part of my teaching is really helping women to understand what does it really mean to be a woman in relationships? And how do I step into that feminine essence without giving away my power, right? Because the big mindset shift that I think a lot of women are, are hopefully getting to have, and especially from listening to podcasts like this and from the work that I do is that femininity doesn't have to be weak. And I think there's a big block and a lot of beliefs around femininity and feminine energy as being very needy and emotional and weak and submissive. And that is not feminine energy. That is what I would consider toxic femininity, just as there's toxic masculinity. Feminine energy in its true power and in its true strength is so much deeper than that. It's really this essence of, I really think about it as like a goddess or a queen, right? Someone that holds themselves with such power and such calmness and such regalness and such strength in their vulnerability, where they're able to manage their emotions and connect into their feelings and drop into their heart, but not be an emotional wreck and not be all over the place, just like dumping their feelings on people, but really getting to stand in that presence in their heart space and, and magnetize men into that space. And that is really the true beauty of stepping into being a feminine leader, a feminine goddess, a feminine woman, 
and really redefining for this world, you know, what does it actually look like to be a powerful woman in the modern world? So that's a big mindset shift that I think a lot of women are starting to waken up to and really the depth of, of the work that I do with women to help them really step into the highest version of the women that they get to be, both for their career world, their families, their friends, and their relationships. So for anyone listening to this then, Till, who is listening and thinking, oh, I would love to dive in deeper and explore my feminine energy more. What are some tangible things that they can go away and do, say, from tomorrow? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think a lot of it is awareness work, right? So just recognizing and really reflecting on what are the biggest qualities that I lean on in my day-to-day to quote unquote succeed, right? And just noticing, are those qualities typically more masculine qualities or those more feminine qualities? Masculine qualities are gonna be much more of, like I said, that driving, doing energy, whereas the feminine energy is much more around the presence, the being, the being connected to the body, being out of the mind and in the body. So to step into that feminine energy, it's really about connecting into the body, connecting into your heart space, And that can be a very scary place for ladies to go into, right? There's a lot of weird stuff happening down there we don't want to bring up. But as we start to do that and actually connect into those feelings, we let them up, we let them out, we let them through almost like a cleansing of feelings. And then we get down to the truth of the peace and the calmness and the serenity of just allowing ourselves to be more present in the everyday moment. So I would say tangible things is first just identifying and being aware of when you're really in your masculine versus your feminine, and then taking intentional time to connect back into those feelings and processing through things that maybe you haven't really given yourself time to process through journaling, meditating, you know, and from there being able to just be more present in the everyday moments and being in your body and out of your mind. Because feminine energy and being in this case what we're talking about more feminine tends to be they tend to be softer qualities you know being compassionate being present is it possible till to be too feminine is it possible to lean too much that way do we need some masculine energy in order to succeed (laughs) absolutely absolutely and i think that's another big mindset shift you know to encourage women and and to think about is you know we really do need to play into both right we don't need to sacrifice everything we've ever been it's just about adding to it and bringing in some of these qualities to soften the the external so the way i really like to think about it is you know there are four different types of ways that we can be as women in the world first way is being really soft on the inside and soft on the outside. And this is kind of what we were talking about before, the, the old 1950s housewife, housewife kind of ide- identity of being feminine, right? You're, you're kind of insecure and maybe there's things you still you haven't worked out with your feelings and things on the inside and you're, you let people walk all over you or you dump your emotions on people and, and that's not really true strength and femininity, right? And then there's the other balance, like swinging to the complete opposite extreme. And that is being really strong on the inside, strong on the outside. And I see a lot of women in this day, you know, kind of leaning into that space. It's a lot of the extreme feminist movement, right? Women's empowerment. We don't need men. We're fine on our own. We're going to take over the world. And as beautiful as that is, that energy is really repelling to men. And it's not really conducive to stay in that kind of identity if we want to really attract that beautiful partnership with a man. And then there's two other identities. There's the identity of being strong on the outside, but soft on the inside. And that's where I also see a lot of women being, right? Where we, we want to prove to the world, I can take care of myself. I'm good. I'm strong. I'm, I'm, you know, I can do anything. But inside, we deeply are feeling that lack. We're feeling that craving, that yearning for love and connection. But we're hiding behind this, this guarded exterior and these protection mechanisms, right? So that we don't actually have to show our heart to the world. And the last identity, the identity that I really encourage in the way that, and the, the identity that I help women to step into being is this inversion of that, where we invert that strength and hold on to that strength on the inside. The, I know I'm worthy. I know I'm good enough. I know I can take care of myself but we allow that softness on the outside where we can really let men in. We can drop down our defenses. We can open up our heart. We can be very 
glowing, right? The strength glows and just radiates out of our heart, literally like this beam of light. <laughs> it just like pulls people in. And that's really the power and the strength of true feminine energy. When we can have that, all those beautiful masculine qualities that give us that strength on the inside, but we don't have to prove or show or demand respect. We just exude it. And so in exuding it, we can just be, we can truly, honestly, just relax into being who we are and knowing that that is enough and that the right men are going to come towards us in that presence. And what would you say to anyone till who has completely given up on love? <laughs> oh my dear, I totally feel you. Like I said, after eight years of the hook and fizzle of being dumped and dumped and dumped again and again, I feel you. So I honor where you're at and I just want you to know, like, please do not give up, right? I mean, if you just take a second and connect into your heart, I think your heart is there just being like, please don't give up on me, right? Because at the end of the day, love is really all that matters. It's what we come into the world with and hopefully it's what we leave the world with. And if we don't make that a priority in our life, we're gonna live a very a shell of a life, right? Kind of like I was, I was sharing earlier, that strength on the exterior. If there's no heart and there's no love on the interior, we just are a shell of a human being. So although it may be hard and it may be stressful and frustrating, there are ways to move through this. And that's why I'm just so passionate about doing what I do because I've been there and I've gotten through it and I've gotten to the other side. And now I've helped hundreds and hundreds of women all around the world to actually move through that themselves. And so I can confidently come to you and say, it's possible and it's totally fixable. And it's something that I am here to support you with. And you do not need to give up hope. It's just about having the right tools and learning and teaching, right? And being a student in the world of love. I think that's a lot of the reason why women struggle with relationships is because we never actually make the time to study what it takes to study love and be in love, right? We just go out there and hope it works and then we're frustrated when it never happens. And it's because we need to take that time to really learn how to be a love being. Of course. Do you agree? Um no, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I think that to feel alive, I guess, and to experience life to its fullest, you need to be open to love. And I do think that means with a partner, but I also think it means, you know, we don't have much to turn to, till, which we'll get on to. You know, when we look at films and the media, it does make it seem so easy that you'll meet a man and you'll appear quite quirky and he'll find you quite pretty and vulnerable and then he'll fall in love with you and you know he'll be a billionaire with a helicopter and things like that when life doesn't work like that and I don't think we really have good sources to turn to even from when we're so young which again is another thing we'll get on to when we look at Disney films in the majority of Disney films the message is it will be okay because there will be someone to rescue you. And so I think we grow up with that subconscious belief that no matter what happens or where we are in life, love will find us as opposed to us going out there and being proud of saying, I'm open to love and I'm hoping it happens because I do fundamentally believe that if you're not open to love in any aspect of your life, I do like you said, believe that you are missing out. Yes, I love everything you shared here. And it's so, so true, especially with the, the media and, and Disney films and gosh, even what, Fifty Shades of Grey. It's <laughs> completely playing into that identity. But this is just where I'm super excited to step up and be that role model for women because I feel like I've figured some things out and I feel like I've created this whole new way of approaching relationships and I call it now relationship energetics because love and relationships is so much deeper than what we can just see on the surface level and so much more than our mind can just try and interpret of like okay if I say these things I will get this result it's so much more about deepening into the heart space and bringing back in faith and bringing back in trust and and falling in love with ourselves again and it's just such incredibly powerful work
And, uh, and yeah, it does take some, some shifting in the way that we look at relationships and the way we approach dating and the way that we release some of these past conditions that have been holding us stuck and stagnant. Completely. And I don't think women on the whole are encouraged to talk about love or relationships. It's almost like a secret sorority that we have to pledge without having the manual beforehand. You know, women, (laughs) I mean, I remember when I broke up with somebody and I told close friends of mine, oh no, we've broken up. And they would say, oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. And I would say, why? It was a positive decision. It was the right decision. I'm happy with the decision. But it was this idea that as women, if you're not with somebody, it doesn't matter if you're open to love, if you're not open to love, we just don't talk about it because we have this, it again, is it almost like a societal expectation and pressure that we're supposed to figure it out without calling for help without having true, honest conversations and saying, and again, another topic we'll get onto. I always remember the very first episode of Sex in the City when Carrie opens up and she says, it was the first time that I felt truly, truly lonely. And in the 90s, that was considered a revelation to admit that you're lonely. So I think it's really great to, on the whole, just that there are women like you doing that work and being so open because it should be a conversation that we have, you know, as women, it's almost encouraged that we don't talk about money, for instance, when we do need to, it's so important, but it's also equally important to talk about love and our relationships, but having honest, raw conversations rather than the Cinderella version of our life. Yes, yes. And that reminds me, Scarlett, absolutely. I remember being, I think, 23, 24, I was really just starting to climb the corporate ladder and become really successful in my career. And I remember being so ashamed of being single and being so ashamed of even admitting that I wanted a relationship because everything up until that point had conditioned me into thinking like, be strong, be independent. You don't need anyone. And I remember waking up one day and being like, no, I really do want a relationship. And I could feel something shift inside of me of even just allowing myself, giving myself permission to even want that and to speak that out into the world. And that in and of itself was a huge energetic shift that opened things up where originally there had been a block. And then continuing into that place of not only just admitting that I want a relationship, but knowing that I deserve it, right? Knowing that I'm enough, knowing that I don't have to settle or dim myself to fit some other man's wants and needs, right? But that I can actually step into calling forth my king, the king that I know will honor me in all of my beauty, all of my presence, all of my power. It's a huge shift. And I'm so, so grateful that we can have this platform to talk about it and open up this conversation more. And it's incredibly empowering. Gosh, I, I get shivers every single time I get clients message me after working with me and they're like, Teal, I've literally attracted the man of everything I've ever written down on my vision. Like I don't have to settle or dim myself at all. He is everything I've ever wanted. And that just reminds me just how incredibly magical and and powerful we are when we give ourselves that power to dream and to know what's possible. Completely. I think it's really important to note that women should be, I think it's more that it should be an acceptance as opposed to an encouragement that you can say out loud that you want a relationship and that your career and being this strong independent woman isn't enough because another, again, another societal message has told us that you have to choose. You can either have the career or you can have the successful relationship, but you cannot have both. And once again, coming back to the media, the film, The Devil Wears Prada, when a man who works at the magazine tells the main girl, Andy, you know, that's how you know that you're deserving of a promotion when your personal life is crashing beneath you. And I remember thinking, that is so true. You have to choose. You have to choose between the relationship or the career. And it was because of that that throughout school, I had 
even though I did date, I had no interest in being in a relationship. And at university as well, I wasn't open to it because in my head, this message had been put on me that I was choosing academia and independence Mm -hmm. and my business. And it's only really now that I've started seeing other women coming out and saying, you know what, girls, you can have it both. You can have it all. You can have anything you want, everything you want. You can have neither if you want. But yeah, it's that message that has another message that's been put on us. And it's so sad. So I think it's more, it's so important to say that it needs to be more accepted. Women turning up and saying, actually, I do want a relationship. Yes, yes. Oh my God, that is so beautiful that you call that out, you know? And so here's the interesting distinction though, Scarlett, is that, you know, I think a lot of times women in our power in that, you know, when you think about going into the office and being all badass and like, doing the go-getter badass thing. When we bring that essence into relationships, that's not the essence that men respect, right? That's not what they're able to connect into. So they will admire you for that power. And there are men that want that power and, and want a woman that's powerful. However, we need to also make sure that we are showing up in a way that's not intimidating men, that's not emasculating men, that's not making men feel inferior in our presence, right? And I think that's the beautiful balance and harmony that I'm really trying to encourage and cultivate is how do we step into this new identity as a woman? And that's where I keep coming to this idea of being a goddess, right? Who She's just, she's strong and powerful in her presence, but she doesn't overshadow men. Right? Because we don't want men to feel like they don't have space to come forward. We want to be this more radiant, radiant light that they get to feel drawn in by, but that we also get to lift them up and support them and encourage them and like empower them to be kings for us. And I think that's where there's still some work to be done because I think we as women are very strong and like knowing, yes, I can be this woman and I'm strong and I love being this woman, but how do I get to show that power without pushing men away, without accidentally, subconsciously pushing men away. Mm -hmm. Completely. And you are obviously still trained in feminine energy. So can you just explain the principles of feminine and, and, and feminine energy and how it can help us find the one, if you like? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to go into all the principles because there's actually eight of them and I put them together in an amazing guide that I call the eight principles to becoming magnetic to men. So if anyone wants to download that, that's a free gift that I'm giving to your your audience and your community. Um, But yeah, just in general, the idea and the principles of feminine energy is really about stepping out of the head and stepping into the heart. And I know that may be a little intangible to really understand, but that's just really the the overall idea of this is, you know, putting yourself in that mindset where let's say you have a date tonight and you've been at work all day and you're crushing it and you've got back-to-back meetings and you're making all these hard decisions and then you rush to get on the subway and you go to meet this guy and he, you know, you meet him and he's like, nice to meet you. You know, how was your day? And immediately you go into this narrative of just like, Oh, I had this and I had that. And I had to fix this and I had to make this big decision and then got in the tube and it was running late. How are you? Right. That is a very masculine still way of operating and being within the man's presence that makes it hard for him to connect to your heart because you're coming into the relationship, into this moment in still in your headspace, still in the mind chatter, still in the thinking about, the future, still thinking about the past, right? And not just being present and grounded in the moment versus a shift of that exact same thing happening, doing that go-getter day, coming onto the subway, getting to the restaurant, before walking in the door, taking a second, just a second to take a big deep breath, to feel your body, feel your heart, feel your breath, get intentional about how you want to choose to step into this next moment and the way that you would like to be perceived and really clicking into that essence of I am relaxed, I am alluring, I am a being of love, I am here to make a connection with another human being, right? Even just that little shift will make a massive difference in the way that you're received by a man. And instantly you'll be putting him at ease in your presence. And he will naturally feel himself relax and drop into this space where he can meet you there. 
And you'll even, I mean, even noticing it the way I'm talking, right? Like my voice just calms and slows and it becomes very magnetic and alluring. This is that kind of shift into feminine energy that literally is night and day difference. And I remember when I was first practicing this on the man that's now my fiance, we've been together over seven years and it's just been such a beautiful unfolding because he knew me when I was just completely masculine mode, workaholic, <laughs> crazy girl. And over time, I was practicing these tools on him and watching him shift in the way that he showed up for me and the way that I showed up for him. And that's really the beautiful, fun dance of this work is this harmony and this energetics underneath even the way we speak and the way we, we are. So what are the consequences of that then? All of our listeners, I'm sure, Till, are going to walk away and really start exploring and celebrating their feminine energy. What is the general impact on average on a man when a woman is like that? Is it the reverse? Do they respond to feminine energy with feminine energy? Do they, you know, is it fire and fire or... Is it that they come back with more masculine energy because you're starting to show more feminine energy? What happens then? Mm, yeah, great question. Yeah, most times, I mean, it really depends on who it is you're meeting, right? Some men are very comfortable in their feminine energy and some men are really drawn to the go-getter ambitious woman because they are more in that masculine energy. And that can work for dynamics, right? We don't have to have it, woman needs to be feminine, man needs to be masculine. But for the most of the women that I speak with, they don't want to be wearing the pants all the time. They want someone to take care of them, right? They want to be able to relax and take off that go-getter hat and just be cared for. Um, so for those kinds of relationships, if you're wanting to attract that masculine man, when we shift that energy balance and we step into that space of leaning back versus leaning forward, we, we do. We, we inspire the opposite in our man. And that man does feel called without even knowing what it is. He feels called to step forward into more masculine energy. And it can be simple, something as simple as it feels so nice to hear your voice, right? And then having them pick up on that and go, ooh, I guess I should call her more. I guess I should initiate phone calls more often because it feels good to hear my voice. <laughs> and I want to encourage that, right? It's these little, little tiny shifts um, that are almost like, I call them Scooby snacks <laughs> for men, right? Just dropping these little hints without initiating, without pushing, without planning. We just share how we want to feel and then we let them have the space to come into that and create that container to make us feel good. But we have to educate them and we have to share with them and we have to be very in tune with who we are and what makes us feel good so that we can actually communicate that to them and have them rise to the occasion. And if they don't rise to the occasion and they're not picking up on this and they're completely oblivious, that's okay too. And that definitely happens. There are a lot of duds out there, but we love you anyways. <laughs> but it's just an indicator for you to recognize that, okay, this is not the right man for me, right? It makes it a lot easier to understand, is this the right man for me or not? Is he able to show up for me in the ways that make me feel good? Versus just checking boxes on a to-do list or checking boxes of criteria of what you want in a man. It makes it a much deeper soul connection and much quicker for you to be able to understand whether or not this is, could be a potential long-term partner. And can you explain to the Carrie Bradshaw effect? <laughs> yes. So we did a whole podcast episode on this because... I was trying to really explain the difference between masculine and feminine energy and toxic femininity versus strong femininity. Um, so I, I put together, I pulled together two characters, the Angelina Jolie character versus the Carrie Bradshaw character. And I love that you're referencing Sex and the City earlier. It's, I think it's a, a show of our generation, right? But it is laced with just faux pas and bad connotations and the wrong way of showing up in relationships, which is beautiful because it gives us a great platform for learning. So the Carrie Bradshaw effect for me is really, it's highlighting the fact that no matter how much Carrie thinks about relationships, tries out doing relationships, she does everything, but she does it wrong. She does it from more of that toxic femininity perspective. And many women can fall into that, 
that Carrie Bradshaw trap of overthinking and overanalyzing everything, right? And getting swept up in our emotions and then acting on it in a very reactive way um, of, you know, talking with their girlfriends over and over and over about things, but never actually confronting the issue with the man. Um, getting caught up in the superficial things versus the real important things versus a character such as the way that Angelina shows up in many of her roles. And this is not talking about Angelina Jolie as a person. This is more about the characters that she tends to play in roles in, in movies. She definitely has a, a goddess quality when she plays her roles, right? Just instantly. It's just, she's exuding this essence of not just being seductive and sexy, but powerful and strong and confident as a woman, right? And really being able to turn men's heads just in her presence alone. And that's really the shift of moving out of the Carrie Bradshaw character and into the Angelina Jolie character that I really want to encourage and continue to just think about and talk about is how do we really start to let go of all of the over chatter and the over analyzing and the over functioning and the over emotionalness of being a woman and really start to cultivate the skill sets to step into that power and that presence and that magnetism and that seductress type of essence that just truly makes men go hot damn i have a winner here <laughs> right? Absolutely. and yeah do you agree what, what are your thoughts on all that Completely. I think it's so true. And I think it's a really fascinating topic because obviously we're discussing how men respond to that. But I think it's really important to also mention how women tend to respond to that, which isn't always positive. A lot of the time, it is true. If a confident woman walks in who knows her self worth, who is very sexy, men respond positively to that because they like the confidence whereas a lot of women I tend to think look at a woman like that and then shy away from her or are maybe a bit nasty towards her or aren't very they won't approach her because they too know that they have a goddess inside of them but they're not exploring it and that almost makes them resent this woman so I think it's a really fascinating topic and it's so true I read about Angelina Jolie did a tour in, I'm going to say it was Ethiopia, and she just kept a journal about her time there and being with the children. And even her words were just so empowering, which, you know, you take feminine energy, of course, we're talking about using it in a personal relationship, so with your partner. But equally, it's very important to celebrate your feminine energy for yourself and seeing the repercussions that feminine energy, your personal feminine energy can have on relationships with others, relationships with your girlfriends, relationships, you know, even with children, it just changes everything. Oh, yes. And relationships in the work world, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember when I was really first starting to practice this and cultivate it, well, first off, I felt like I had discovered this entirely other side of my being. <laughs> it was like up until, up until that point, I'd only been living half of who I really was, right? And not shifting and changing to be somebody else, just deepening who I truly am. Like you said, the connecting into the goddess that was already within me, but that was just trapped and waiting to come out. And then two, just once I started stepping into that, just noticing how that energy was shifting the way I showed up at work. And like within weeks, I was getting promotions and new opportunities and money and just so much, um, so much new magic was coming into all aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible essence and so important to wake up to. So other than overanalyzing things, you know, doing things, if you like, as Carrie would, what other ways can we bring out the Angelina Jolie in us too. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think first it's about really getting clear on that identity of what that identity really looks like and feels like for you individually, right? Because I never want anyone to feel like they have to fit into a mold. They have to become Angelina Jolie yeah. to be successful. No, this is about tapping into that beautiful grace and poise and magic and power 
within yourself and really starting to understand what does that look like, right? Because if we do think of it as she's already in us, it's really just about asking her, what, what is this? What do you look like? What do you feel like? How do you make people feel in your presence? How do you carry yourself? What kind of clothes do you wear? Right. And this is the work I have my clients do as well is like really getting clear on what is that identity of the woman that I want to step into becoming, knowing that as I allow her to come forth, I am going to naturally energetically shift everything in my presence because people and circumstances will respond to that in, in, um, just naturally it's, it's the way the law of attraction works, right? We, we attract what we are. So starting to just really get clear for yourself, journal about it, about who is this woman and how do I want to really embody her in a way that feels really authentic to me. Mm -hmm. I love that. And talking about all of this too, how do you think the media affects our relationships? Yeah, well, we've definitely talked about how much movies affect our relationships and our identities. Um, I really love that you touched on the idea of having to choose one or the other and really calling that out as like, no, we do not have to choose. I think that's been a big one for women of today of that we need to bust that belief that we can't have both. Um, the media as well, I think, has been really detrimental to relationships in regards to all of the dating apps in terms of always feeling like the grass is always greener. There's always somebody better just to swipe away, right? And that's really important to just stay aware of and recognize is that there are people on the other side of these digital devices, true human being people. And sometimes it can be really easy to detach and st stay in that surface level space um, when we are approaching dating and relationships and maybe saying things we wouldn't intend to say or just acting more aloof and just recognizing that, you know, the grass is not always greener. There's not always more, right? It's, it's really about just creating genuine connection. And that's why I'm such a big advocate of like, even with texting, I think that's another big way that the media has kind of shifted relationships is that it's, we've gotten much more comfortable with just texting everything we want to say all the time. And that is truly cutting off genuine connection. Um, I did a whole podcast on this called texting taboos. Like <laughs> texting can be so detrimental because it, it literally keeps us hiding behind a screen and not letting that other person connect to your voice and hear the true you coming through. So it can be a blessing. It could be a curse. It's just important to stay really intentional about why am I on these dating apps, right? Is it to make myself feel good? Is it to get some validation and some quick attention? Or am I really here to show up as the true goddess that I am and really open myself up to meeting a king? Right? And if I find someone that seems like a king, am I ready to let all that other stuff go and truly deepen into this, right? I think that's really important. I think that overall message is really key. I always like to say that the grass is greener where you water it. You mm. know, you're watering it at home. Yes. That's where it's going to be greener because I do think there's this idea of looking outward, you're going to find something better when actually you can work on what you have and the relationship you currently have I mean unless and I feel like I have to say this unless it's a it's a toxic relationship and then in that case please don't but outside of that yeah that's something I like to say as well I think it's a really important message because that again you know whether it be magazines you come across these quizzes that say oh work out if he's the one or she or if you should be elsewhere as opposed to this is what you can do more of to help your relationship. This is how you can communicate more effectively. And I loved, because this is a very controversial, I feel either controversial or outdated opinion, but I'm totally against texting. And when I was single, somebody sent me an Instagram DM and asked me out to dinner. And again, it may be controversial, but I ignored it. And then this guy, he called me, he had my number because we, were, we had mutual friends. He called me and said, why did you ignore my Instagram DM? <laughs> I said, because that's not the kind of relationship, you know, don't ask me out on an Instagram DM, don't ask me out. 
via text. So I think it's important to also say, you know what, you can be someone who believes in romance because romance is out there. I am 100% an old romantic. I love, I'm in a relationship now and we still write love letters and we do all of these really romantic things and it really works for us and I know that it wouldn't work for everybody but I do think it's important to say that if inside your you are a romantic there will be somebody out there who matches that as well yes yes so beautiful so beautiful and congratulations I'm so happy that you found someone that honors the incredible badass that you are as well oh that's really kind Till but you know today we're focusing completely on you and the amazing work that you have been doing and helping so many women all over the world. One thing I do want to ask, which maybe is a bit more personal, but I feel like I want to ask the questions that I know our audience will want to ask. How can we bring our feminine energy into the bedroom? How can, mm. what does that look like? That's such a taboo <laughs> topic. We don't talk about that. We talk about all the ways to become more feminine. And I know that I've spoken to some people about being or should I say celebrating our feminine energy through fashion and how different materials can exude different feelings and emotions and things like that, or have that be, you know, it sets a certain tone. So I'm really curious to know what does that look like? Oh, yes. Such a juicy topic to talk about. Yes. I love it. I love it. And this gets to be so fun, right? As well, because it's completely different for every person. It's really about letting, giving yourself permission to just truly drop into your body and let your body guide you and let that intuitive side come through, whether it's being a sex kitten, whether it's being super spiritual and like deeply connected in a tantric way, whether it's just getting really rough and dirty and letting that side come out. There's so many beautiful aspects um, that we get to bring into the bedroom that can really create beautiful intimacy. But I think, I mean, at its root core, feminine energy is just such a, a beautiful power identity as, as a sexual being because we are the vessels for men to connect into their heart and to connect into parts of themselves that they cannot access without us. We are truly a gift from the universe <laughs> and our bodies are a gift from the universe. And when we start to see ourselves that way, even just that knowing will shift the confidence that comes through when we come into the bedroom, right? I used to be scared to death to do sexy dances for my man. I used to be scared to death, and I'm going to say this, for him to go down on me because I know a lot of women probably feel that way because I was just ashamed and I was like, ew, gross, no, don't go down there, right? But then I started really understanding the truth that men don't see it that way. They really don't see it that way. They truly admire and honor the feminine body. And I know it can become hypersexualized and all the, the nasty parts about it, but when we allow ourselves to really just enjoy the beautiful vessel, this access, this portal to the divine, <laughs> when we can start realizing that that is who we truly are, oh my gosh, showing up in that way is here I am, and yes, I am allowing you in. It is the biggest gift you could ever give to a man, and they will cherish you for it, right? And so that's really how I've really shifted into that presence is when I am there and he is adoring me and cherishing me, I am soaking it in and I am reminding myself, I am so worthy of being cherished. I am so worthy of being adored. I am just opening up myself to receive, right? And even in the way we are built, we are portals open to receive. And I think so many times when we get into that masculine energy in, in relationships, we close up, right? We close up, we get really tight, we get really constricted and protected and our hearts can't breathe, and our root chakra is completely blocked, right? But when we can start to allow ourselves to just relax and open and truly like be this just vessel of open receiving, then we get to actually call forth more into our sphere. And I know I'm getting all spiritual and woo, but it's so beautiful, right? And we are literally receiving the gifts of man and then the men that want to give to us and that want to create and that want to be that portal for birthing 
in any kind of way. And thank goodness for birth control, it doesn't always have to be birthing of a child. It can now be birthing of creativity, right? And being that vessel for receiving new thoughts, new inspiration, new abundance, new flow. And in response, we become very tantric in when we open up that heart space. And I feel this a lot. When I open up my heart space, literally I can feel energy pouring out of my heart space mm -hmm. onto him. And he will be, he will naturally just, his head will come to my chest and just soak it in almost as if he can feel me pouring out love energy onto him through my heart. So it becomes this like circular, beautiful exchange of pulling it in, receiving it, and then giving it out through our heart onto him and then giving it, pulling it in and giving it out. And that is the beauty of the balance of masculine feminine energy dynamics in a sexual experience from my perspective. <laughs> oh, I love that too. I mean, thank you so much for sharing, but that is such, it sounds so beautiful. And I know that that's something that our audience is going to want to explore for themselves. So thank you again. And kind of on that topic, but even in everyday life, what can we do more of to set up to cultivate an environment so what tangible things is it using crystals around our house or bedroom because that's what we were just talking about or is it about using more candles what are some tangible ways that we can cultivate an environment for ourselves that celebrates or brings out our feminine energy oh you are speaking my language, Scarlett. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm a Libra and I am all about ambiance. Ambiance, if, if, if anything is off in the ambiance, I'm like, ah, <laughs> gotta fix it. Um, ambiance is everything. It really is because it can shift the dynamic of how we feel. Absolutely. If there's that weird song playing in a restaurant, right, you can't have the same kind of conversation as if the music is right least for me. <laughs> so I think it's a lot of things. And once again, it's really personal preference, but I would say overall, I mean, having things clean, having a clean environment that's not full of clutter or just dirt and dust, that kind of stuff makes a huge difference. Definitely candlelight. Candles really are a, I feel like another connection to more divine energy and more just um, that glow and that angelic kind of essence. So having candles around or light, soft lighting. Um, perfume is a really, really nice attribute to get yourself instantly into that clicked in space of like, ooh, yes, I'm feeling beautiful. I'm feeling at peace and feeling graceful. Um, I would say I really love like soft pillows and blankets and fluffy carpets and rugs and things like that that just make you want to feel warm and inviting anything that can just make you drop into that space of being warm and inviting and men love this they won't ever tell you but they love it when you when they walk into your space and your space is this beautiful glowing warm inviting space it's like they can truly relax right if you think about it, all day long, they're out there doing their thing. They're, you know, doing sports with their guys or they're out, you know, drinking beer with their buddies at a pool hall. It's not every day that they get to come into this oasis and truly just relax into their heart space and just be held. Mm -hmm. And that is the biggest gift that we get to give them as women. I love that. And can you explain what NLP is pleased to? Yeah, so NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And this is something that I bring in as a tool set into my coaching with women um, that really takes it into more of the depths of the subconscious work. Because a lot of this work that we're talking about with feminine energy, it's, it's all energetic work, but sometimes there are big blocks that keep us from feeling comfortable to step into this place and to be this woman that we want to be. A lot of emotional baggage that hasn't been cleared through. And so for women that are really ready to do that deeper clearing work, this is something that I hold space for and being able to give women the space to really go into the depths of their subconscious, to really deepen into some of those darker areas that maybe they haven't really talked about or touched on and really rinse it out. I literally call this work like, soul cleansing work where we just rinse you out from the inside out <laughs> and help you to be able to get out of any of this like weird stagnation or any of these weird beliefs 
or, or fears that are subconsciously running the show, right? Because as we know, if you're carrying around this belief that I'm not good enough for a relationship and I need to seek validation from men because I never got validation from the, you know, the men in my life, we are going to be attracting that into our life until we're able to address that and truly clear it out and reprogram our mindset to step into new beliefs. And it's crazy to me that people will live their entire life never addressing their fears, never addressing those belief systems, mostly because they don't realize that they can, but we can, we can truly shift and pivot our beliefs and shift and pivot out of our fears and release them for good. And from there, we change the entire trajectory of our experience. So so that's really the power of NLP work. What are some ways that we can do that for ourselves and for anyone who is hearing this term for the very first time and they're thinking, you know what, actually the issue that you've mentioned, I have had that or I had a very toxic father and that comes up in my current relationships. What can our listener do then to start NLPing themselves, if you like? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I will say it's, it's definitely challenging to do yourself. <laughs> I will do it with myself sometimes and I still have to kind of talk it out with, with Spencer and, um, and clear through it. So it helps to have a guide or a coach or someone to hold that space for you. But the biggest thing just on a self level is about listening to the fears, not, not believing the fears, but listening when the fears come up. Um, because a lot of times we'll get triggered in a moment, something really random will happen, right? Your man will say something really silly, like you need to eat more bananas today and you'll get triggered like crazy, you know, even though he has no idea that what he's saying is making you feel that way. And instead of pushing it down or pretending everything's fine or blowing up on him, taking that moment to take some space and really dive into what is this feeling trying to tell me? And what is the deeper truth here about this? And what fear is underneath this? We have talked about people who are looking for the one, but what if you have found the one and then after a period of time start getting bored or your relationship lacks that passion? What would your advice be then? Oh gosh, wow, you ask such beautiful questions. I love it. And these are the things that people are not talking about, right? Which is why I want to talk about them. Yes, there's a big mindset belief that um, relationships fizzle over time and that as you get married or as you've been in a long-term relationship that it's just gonna get out of the quote-unquote honeymoon phase and be boring right but I think the biggest tool and secret to that is to continue to make sure that each person in the relationship continues to grow on their own right because the, the most beautiful part about being in a relationship with someone is to learn more about yourself in their presence And so when you can come into the relationship open to learning and open to feedback and open to conflict as a way to learn about each other and about yourself, then the relationship never never gets stagnant because both people are continuing to grow and evolve. And this is something that I am starting to term as spiritual and evolved partnership, when we can really step into this place of consistently growing and evolving with our partner we become new versions of ourselves, and they become new versions of themselves continuously. And so you get to continue to just fall in love with them over and over and over again. And I will say, I feel even more in love with Spencer now than I even thought was possible six years ago. <laughs> so that would be my encouragement is to just never stop growing, never stop deepening into your own path. And knowing and trusting that he's going to do the same and that you guys can grow together on that path. Completely. And I also end the podcast here with two questions. The first being, what is your favorite quote or the mantra you live by? Mm, Yes, yes. There's a beautiful one. See if I can remember it. Oh, yes. This is by Albert Einstein. And he says, imagination is the preview for life's coming attractions. And I love that quote because it really helps me to remind myself that I am a co-creator here with the universe, that I am truly magical and magnetic, and I can create anything that I want by tapping into my imagination and really truly believing that I can create whatever I can dream up. And that's one of the beautiful parts about being not just a human being, but a soul on this planet. 
whether that's relationships, whether that's new opportunities, everything. And finally, what books or podcasts would you recommend to our audience? Ah, yeah. Look, can I say my own? (laughs) I have an amazing podcast. It's called the Relaxing to Love podcast. You can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. And um, this is something that I just really deepen into the topics of how to relax into love, both with yourself and with a partner. Um, So I would definitely, definitely encourage uh, encourage that one as a listen. Um, I also have a book that I absolutely love that I recommend to clients called The Untethered Soul. And this is really for women that want to do that deeper inner work and are ready to really go into the depths of cleansing out all the, all the ickiness. That is an incredible book that I highly recommend. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Till. It was great to speak to you. And I know you have provided so much value and amazing brilliance to all of our audience and our readers. So thank you so much again. Oh, thank you, Scarlett.